The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is up, everybody, and welcome into week three. Yes, that's right. We're already into week three. Man, this season has already started to roll. We're going to talk about some college football, as always, here on this Saturday morning in Rising in the Morning. We're going to talk about LSU going to Stark Stark Vegas. Uh, And we're also going to talk about K-State going over to Mizzou, South Carolina visiting Georgia, Tennessee going down to Florida and trying to pull off a little bit of a a rivalry uh, beat down down there in the swamp, and then Washington. Washington at Michigan State. We're going to talk about all these games, give you guys our previews, our best bets, and throw in some bets on bro throw while we're at it. All of this and much more. You're watching Rising in the Morning, and this is Rising to the Occasion. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Rising to the Occasion. Of course, we are rising in the morning. We're getting ready for game day. We're getting things rolling, getting things started off the right way. And obviously, there's only one way to do that. That's by getting yourself a good cup of coffee. Uh, I know I've got mine with me right now. I think all three of us do. So, and you know, we've got our coffee with us, ready to roll. And we're going to talk some college football, guys. Let's get into it. But before we do, we have to start off with our sponsors for today. And it's a sponsor that you can join in with us as we do it. And that's Brothrow. You can go check out Brothrow. Brothrow is an amazing site. It's a sports betting community. Yes, you heard that right. It's not a sports book. So if you're thinking, man, I really want to play some wagers on the game. And what's so fun about that is that you feel a part of the game. There's a lot of times where I'm watching a game, obviously, as a fan. I'm rooting for my team. I'm rooting for whatever team's up there on on the screen, you know, even if it's not my team on the screen. Uh, You know, I'm I'm rooting for a team, but if I'm putting a little bit of a wager in on it, it kind of feels like I've I've got a part of it. I'm a part of the game now, you know, because I want them to win for me. Uh, and so you, you kind of get into the action. It's a lot of fun. It's exhilarating. Uh, as long as you don't get go too far, we don't condone, uh, you know, we don't condone any kind of irresponsible betting. We only we only condone responsible betting. But you can go on Bro Throw. What makes it so fun? And I've mentioned this plenty of times before. So if you're a regular listener, you've probably heard me mention Bro Throw a million times by now. But that what's so fun about Bro Throw is that you're not betting against Vegas. You're not betting on a sports book. You're betting directly against other people you're going on there and you're betting against other sports bettors those who love the games uh, that they're that they're betting on and so it makes it a little bit more interesting you get to go on there and check it out and uh, you know you, you pay them directly or they pay you directly whoever wins gets the money so go check it out it's brothrow.com it's completely free to sign up so you go over there sign up completely free and you can only sign up by invitation right now and that's by going over to brothrow.com slash rising two that's b-r-o-t-h-r ROW.com slash R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O. And you want to do that right now because we are going to go through these games. And as we do, we're going to mention the bets that we're going to throw in on Brothrow. And we're going to throw those in as a team. So you can find that in our private group that you'll automatically be added to. And you can go on there and bet directly against us if you don't like our picks. And it makes it a little bit more fun for you guys to be able to interact with us on that. So go check it out. Sign up for Brothrow. Uh, and obviously, once our picks are, are taken, once our bets are taken by somebody else, 
you won't be able to get them. So you want to be the first one as soon as we upload those after the show. So hop on over to brothrow.com slash rising to sign up today, get verified. So that way you can hurry up and place a bet against the guys as we make our team picks. But let me go ahead and bring in my two co-hosts for the day. First, we got Blake Lane, the man from Mobile, Alabama. Blake, how you doing this fine week three Saturday? Uh, just sitting here uh, drinking a little cup of coffee. Uh, had a late night last night. Went to watch Perry Thompson and Bryce Kane, two Auburn wide receiver commits last night, and they put on a show, fellas. Uh, Bryce Kane and the Baker Hornets got the win, 51-44 to last night, and both of these guys uh, were just phenomenal to watch. Bryce Kane – uh, all over the field, man. I think he had three touchdowns for like 160 yards or something like that. Uh, Perry, you know, he's the five-star and everything, but unfortunately he doesn't have the quarterback uh, that Bryce has, so it's a little harder for him to pop off. But uh, he had a catch last night in the corner of the end zone that was just unbelievable, and you could see why he's a five-star. So uh, it was awesome, man. It was, it was a, a fun little trip down to Foley, Alabama, and – you know, it's about an hour away from me, and and uh, me and the me and the wife went down there and and got to watch some good high school football last night. So I'm ready for college football today. I think there's going to be some upset specials today, man. I think uh, a lot of people don't think this is a great slate of football, but any slate of football is great. So I'm ready to kick it off, brother. Yeah, man, and I'm glad that you bring up uh, you know the uh, uh, co- you know high school football first on Fridays because it's good to recognize that because these kids don't come into college without going over to you know they have to play in high school first most of the time. I mean, I guess there's a, a very a very ra- rare occasion that they don't. Um, yeah. But you know, of course, our other co-host right here in the studio with me today, Jeremy, you got any, anything to give to us today? I don't know. You're going to have to stick around and find out, but I'm not going to get everyone hyped up for it because I don't want to have us lose viewers, but I think we're going to gain some viewers today. Maybe we'll wait because we are going to cover that team today. Yeah, as, we might wait a little as bit. As some of our viewers know, uh, we had a little surprise that we were supposed to do week one, and we didn't get it done because we were just all kind of flustered trying to get things yeah. put together for uh, uh, our first live show. But we've got a big slate like Blake said and a lot of people kind of dissing the slate of football today saying that it's weak but we were going through it and we had a hard time we had to go onto our little group chat and jump in there and check it out and 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 be like hey which five games are we going to do and there's a little bit of just kind of I don't really know which one to take out because there were so many games and a couple of these games we've already covered so far this this year but that's probably going to happen because we're going to talk about the top dogs we're not going to talk about the the little the little guys that aren't going to be doing anything uh you know nationally so it, it's it's really tough going through there you know we, we're going to start off with LSU at Mississippi State a lot of people want to overlook this just because Mississippi State uh you know Mike Leach RIP you know he's not there anymore uh and so we're, we're thinking maybe maybe they're not going to be able to do anything against them but you're going into Stark Vegas you're going into a tough environment uh and you know it, what what would make this a little more tough is if it was a night game maybe but this is still not again not going to be an easy game we're going to talk about that one and K-State at Mizzou is kind of underrated right now because Mizzou they have a really tough schedule again this year they barely made it out with six wins last year and they're going to have a really tough time getting to six wins this year so uh, an opponent like K-State coming in on their non-conference 
you really want to win this game, but K-State's a tough team and people want to overlook K-State. But guess what? I think they could run the table and win the Big 12, possibly make it to the... If they if they win the Big 12 with only one loss, I think they're in the college football playoffs. So they're one of those teams too. Uh, and then, you know, you, you look at the slate that we put together. I think this was a really fun slate. And then Florida, Tennessee, don't sleep on the Gators. I know they've been sucking this year. Uh, and personally, I don't think they look good at all. That's why I say they, they suck. But maybe that's too strong of a word. I, I don't think they look good whatsoever, and they haven't looked good for a long time. But you're going down to the swamp, and this is a rivalry. Let's not forget how close this game was last year. So overall, just looking at this whole slate, like you said, Blake, I think this is a really fun slate. But shall we jump into our first matchup of the day? Let's roll. Matchup number one, we've got LSU at Mississippi State. You want to go ahead and pull that matchup up for us so everybody can see what we're talking about here and see what the matchup is. We've got LSU. Like I said, they're going down to a tough environment. The fans are still bought in. All right. Yes, they're still mourning, and they're going to be mourning probably the rest of the season, if not longer, over over a, a legend of college football. Uh, let's not undermine how how impactful Mike Leach was on college football, and and we're going to remember him throughout this entire season, and hopefully uh, longer than that. But looking at at LSU, they come in as a nine and a half point favorite. And they know that they're going to have to be close to perfect to be able to get to the college football playoff. It's not going to be easy. But Mississippi State here, they started off with two straight wins as well. They're kind of shocking people. And I think the you know looking over at Arizona, uh, even though that's that's not a great team, they still st- stuck it to a good team over there in Arizona, 31 to 24 in overtime. And then they uh, were able to whoop up on Southeastern Louisiana, 48 to seven. So they're getting things rolling. They were able to get those two two games out of the way and get rolling. And the thing that surprises people the most in, in, in college football about this team right now is just how different this offense looks. Because if we remember what Mike Leach is known for and what he brought into the SEC there at Mississippi State, it was that air raid offense. They're running a lot more right now. Uh, you know, that they, they are... they're. More run heavy there. I think they're considered a run and shoot team, if if uh, my my terminology is correct on that. Uh, and Will Rogers, if we look over at Will Rogers, a, a great quarterback, and we're going to talk about him uh, plenty, I'm sure. He threw just 17 times uh, versus Arizona, and they ran the ball 39 times. This is totally different. And so when you're talking about a Mississippi State team that, yeah, maybe they're not as, as strong because they don't have that that head coach, but you also have to remember that because they lost Mike Leach, I think these guys are coming out and they're fired up this year. I think they want to win for him. And so I think that's another thing to kind of throw into the equation. Uh, and, you know, looking at, at how they're running, this is going to be a lot different for these SEC teams that are usually used to seeing the air raid from Mississippi State. They're going to have to go against a very similar team that has a totally different scheme against them, and they're going to wear them down through that run game. Uh, so looking at that, and I think when we look over at LSU, I think a lot of people are hating on them for their loss at Florida State in week one. But in reality, they're still a top 10 team. They're still a very good team when we talk about national rankings. Uh, and really, they have every bit of hopes for the college football playoffs going up to this this point. And until they, they lose another one, we really can't talk about them being out of it. Uh, you know, because two losses is going to be tough for them to get into. But I think if they're able to have two losses, because let's remember they haven't lost in the SEC yet, 
if they're able to have two losses and still win the SEC, there's still a case to be made for them. Uh, and then, you know, obviously looking over, over at Jaden Daniels, I think he's going to be the biggest key, key player for LSU uh, for multiple re- reasons. Obviously, he has to use his legs the way that we know that he can use them. He racked up over 800 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground last season. So we know that he's got to use his legs. But the thing that hurt this team the most last year and what we saw in week one versus Florida State was that Jaden Daniels, is not airing the ball out. And it's not totally on him. It's really on the coaching staff to know what plays to draw up for him, what how to get him to use his arm. Because what we saw last year is that when he can do that, they can win the game. When he can air that ball out, he's good at it. It's not like he's throwing a ton of interceptions that he can't connect with his receivers. He's good at it. They're just not doing it. And I think there's a few times where he he's because of the the, the plays that are, are that are thrown in there. I think he is just uh, he he's too shy to throw the ball at times because it's almost like he doesn't think he's got the capability since the plays aren't drawn up for him. Uh, and then obviously we look over at the other side. Uh, Will Rogers, like I said, we're going to talk about him. He's a great QB, is a veteran going into his fourth straight year as a starter. And then they also have Jacavius Marks who is a dog at running back. Uh, and so looking over at, at these two guys, uh, I would sprinkle some money on Jacavius Marks to get that. I, I looked around and was trying to find the best odds, uh, and the best line that I saw was on Bet365 for one fi- minus 115 for him to go over 69.5, and you could bump that up to go into the plus on that too. So uh, last week he got the ball 24 times, racked up 124 yards. I think he's going to get the ball a lot today, and I think he can be a huge uh, a huge uh, uh, impact to this game because this Mississippi State offensive uh, r- you know, rushing attack is very strong, and it's because of him. But then we look over the weakness at LSU, what we saw in week one, was that running attack. That running attack isn't isn't so great right now. And Mississippi State ranks 52nd in total rushing yards per game right now and 32nd in total rushing plays per game, averaging 38 rushing plays per game. That is totally different than what we're used to. And Blake, this Mississippi State, because they look so different, I think that that can cause a big issue for the LSU Tigers, who actually, last time I checked, was even bumped up even more favorites. They're actually minus 10, not that minus 9.5 that's on the screen now. Man, look, I, I think this does sit well for LSU being an 11 a.m. kickoff because anytime you go on the road, oh yeah, you you don't want to play at night, and especially at Davis Wade uh, when the cowbells get rocking and that stadium gets a little ruckus and everything. Uh, but I'm interested to see this matchup with Mississippi State's O line uh, against LSU's D line. Can can LSU? put pressure on Will Rogers, and can Mississippi State run the ball effectively against this LSU front? Um, You know, they're no longer in the air raid, like you said. Uh, They run a more balanced uh, West Coast-like style offense. Uh, They really lean on running the football. Zach Arnett kind of really wants to get slimy and grimy, like I always say, man. He wants to get physical down in the trenches. Uh, And that is what's kind of – it's kind of got me a little nervous about Mississippi State is because when you go from that air raid uh, and you change the scheme in that that big a fashion, uh, do you have the guys, right? Like, I'm just not sure they can hold up in the trenches. But my biggest thing with LSU, man, is I need to see that secondary improve because Will Rogers will carve you up. 
Definitely. And, um, in my opinion, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC uh, and in the country, to be honest. I, I think he is uh, elite. And so uh, LSU's got to play better than they did against Florida State. I like LSU to win this game. If Jaden Daniels can push the ball down the field, man, we have got to see more deep shots from Jaden Daniels. Like I told you before they played Florida State, him being LSU's leading rusher this year will not win them the SEC West, okay? We have to have an LSU running back step up and tote the load. If that doesn't happen, LSU will not have the season they had last year, fellas. It's something has got to change on that offense, and it starts with Jaden Daniels. You've got to push the ball down the field. You've got to take deep shots. My pick for this game, I like Mississippi State to cover. I like Mississippi State to cover, but I like LSU late in a close one. In a close one. I like this one to be uh, like LSU, man, 27 to 23 or something like that. Like LSU scores late or something like that. I think this is going to be a really good game. I do. I think it's going to be close, an 11 a.m. kickoff that starts slow. Both teams look kind of sluggish out the gate, uh, but I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm looking right now. It looks like some people are throwing in, and uh, I was looking up on, on Brothrow. Some people are throwing them up where LSU is, is minus 10, 10 and a half, um, but it's overall pretty much still sticking around that minus 9 and a half right now. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I said that uh, I went on another show the other night and was talking about that. How uh, you know how I, I think Mississippi State they could upset right here. This is one of those scary games that they could pull off the upset. I agree with you because it's a, a noon kickoff. That's why I don't see as much of a, a heavy atmosphere. People aren't you know. Let's be honest. People haven't gotten a few drinks in them and, and rowdied up and stuff by 11 a.m. Uh, and so. You know, they're not as rowdy in, in those noon kickoff games. Uh, so I do think that helps LSU quite a bit. But I, I like Mississippi State to cover as well. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to take that cover because I, I could also see LSU trying to come out and prove something and trying to rack up the score. They're going to fix something. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's just the scary thing because you saw LSU basically have a bye week last week against who they went against. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to it's gonna be a fun matchup, uh, to say the least. Um, but, Jeremy, what do you got here in this LSU-Mississippi State? I kind of have the same particular situation. I think they can cover, but I'm all on the same boats as you, Josh. I think LSU is definitely going to, right from the get-go, get out of the gate rolling just because of obviously last week. That's last week. They didn't want to. They didn't want to have that outcome last week, but that was last week, so this is a new week. But LSU is definitely needing to throw more long shots. I agree with you 100%, Blake. Literally, he put on a, a season best for five touchdowns last week, and you start you need to have that much trust in your quarterback. Obviously, he's shown the talent that he has with his arm, but you literally need to let this guy just do his job and just throw the money shots just because – I think if I remember looking at last, I think he had over, I think it was over three hundred and some odd yards for, for the game, and I'm like, why aren't you trusting your quarterback and just letting him do what he does? I mean, looking at it, LSU is definitely going to be a team to come out. I think, in my personal opinion, that they're going to come out. They may be ranked 14th, but like you said, they're easily a top 10 team, and they're going to come out strong. But however, you look on the other side, Mississippi State. I agree. They can definitely be a team that's going to come up and 
and surprise you and maybe sneak out of the no- sneak out of nowhere. But I know last time we looked, off odds were favoring against LSU. I think it was like sixty to forty, maybe maybe a little bit higher. But yeah, I just looked it up. I think it was minus three ten on Broth right now. I'm not sure what the best line would be, but yeah. for me, my my safe pick was my my, my safe Brothrow pick was just an LSU money line, just because that spread worries me. Yeah. Um, mainly because uh, what was that? Was that last week? I think it was when Oklahoma was a 16 point favorite, and I thought that was disrespectful. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I figured out, man, Vegas kind of knows what they're talking about. Uh, so and there's been a few other games too where I've looked at them like, man. I was that was much closer than what I would have ever anticipated. So, yeah. you know, and, and I think the beginning of the Nebraska game kind of showed you what Vegas was looking at. I don't think they 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 uh, looked at the fact that Jeff Sims was going to turn over the ball so many times. But yeah. even looking at like Logan Diggs, he's he, for what he's done, he's at 115 yards for his Tigers debut. I mean, come on, dude, that's a dog right there just yeah. for a debut. Uh, I think he's just going to keep progressing over this entire season. He's going to get a lot more touches. He's going to get a lot more yards. Then he's definitely going to be a big key game for LSU for their running game easily. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I guess we, we, we're all kind of picking LSU to win. Uh, Blake, you were pretty confident or on uh, Mississippi State covering that nine and a half, or do I, do we want to just stick with money line? How how are we feeling for our team pick here, guys? Uh, we can go just LSU money line, but I I do think Mississippi State covers. Yeah, I I'm, I agree with you. I'm, I'm I'm in that boat. I'm just not willing to put my money on it. Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just not far enough into it. it it's just one of those weird hunches that I have that Mississippi State can cover. Yeah. Um, but it, and the other thing too with that that total, I would normally want to pick the over in this game because you would have a high powered LSU offense against an air raid Mississippi state, but it's a ground game against an LSU team. That's too scared to go to the air. And so I'm scared that they're not going to reach that 54. So I'm leaning more on the under on the total. Uh, so I, I can agree with you guys. I'll put us down for uh, LSU money lines. So for those who are looking to bet, uh, you, you'll actually probably be in the plus on that one since it's a minus 310. But we're going to pick as a team that LSU money line. You guys got anything else to throw in on this LSU at Mississippi State game? Blake? I'm good, man. I, All right. I just yeah, we, we don't we don't have to wait too long for this this first SEC game to kick off right here too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Zach Arnett at home. Um, I, I want to see that Mississippi State crowd, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I really want to see like what you were calling, you know, maybe that that last minute field goal to win the game, something like yeah. that. Uh, that yeah. it, just the excitement around Mississippi State being able to come close to a top team LSU who was projected to win the national championship by a lot of people. That that could. That could be a really big boost to, the, to their season if they were even able to just get close. Uh, now, uh, upsetting LSU would would probably go through the roof on that. Uh, probably not as much as maybe Tennessee uh, beating Alabama last year or anything like that. They might not send any field goal posts down the river, but it could still get crazy. Let's go over to K-State at Missouri. Matchup number two, K-State at Missouri. Uh, This Again, this is another fun one because K-State and Missouri, they meet up for just the second time since being in the Big 12 together uh, a few years back when we we had Missouri still in the Big 12. And the last I saw, K-State was a a three-and-a-half point favorite. This keeps on going down. And it it got as high as, I think, five, five five-and-a-half, I think. I think I might have seen six somewhere before. But... I can't figure out why this spread is so low right now, and it's sitting at three and a half. And 
I, I'm looking at this. The the only thing I can think of is just that that Missouri defense. I was trying to to put up the, the put this matchup against each other and try to put something together. K State, I mean, they they have the the number one defense in rushing yards allowed per game right now. Uh, and yeah, I know that they only went against Southeast Missouri and, and Troy. But that's still impressive. And if we think about Troy, I know that doesn't sound like a big big name uh, team or anything. You want to update that matchup too? I just realized that. Uh, and then you know, you, we, Troy they were on a twelve game win streak going back to last season before losing uh, in in you know in a blowout against K State. So K State took care of things against Troy there in, in game in week two. I mean, Missouri, on the other hand, I, mean, I, I think that if you look at them, they had a scare against Middle Tennessee State. So, I mean, they only won 23 to 19. Uh, and DJ Giddens, uh, he's he's the new running back for K-State. Uh, he's kind of taken over for Deuce Vaughn from last season. Uh, and we, we all know what a witch he was. And so, obviously, I think everyone's looking over at K-State saying, yeah, but they don't have Adrian Martinez. They don't have Deuce Vaughn. First of all, Adrian Martinez was a good quarterback. I think he he played very well in that system. He was a runner first. He, he didn't have the best passing game. Will Howard is a better quarterback when it comes to a quarterback as a whole, uh, a balanced quarterback. He can, he can use his legs when he needs to, but he's got an arm. He can sling the rock around the field, and that's what what I love about this. And DJ Giddens, he's still a good quarterback. Uh, he's already got 180 yards and forced 12 missed tackles this season. So, I mean, the, the dude is really shifty. Uh, he's he's much like Deuce Vaughn in that that sense. He's not as low to the ground, so he doesn't have as much of that of that break in the tackles. Uh, you know that that uh, Deuce Vaughn had, but he's he's a great running back still, and I think he's going to be a key to this K State victory uh, today. And looking over K State, they also return all five blockers on the line, and they ranked 45th in the nation in PFF pass blocking grading last season. So this is a very good offensive line mixed with a team that wants to run the ball with a running back who I think is still going to be good enough. He's obviously they took a step down when they when they lost Deuce Vaughn. That's not a that's not a question. But they're still not a bad running team. And at quarterback, I think they have kind of an upgrade in some senses because you can still run the ball with a good running back and you can pass the ball. So you know, I don't think Will Howard is a downgrade there. Uh, and Missouri, another thing that kind of worries me about Missouri, not just in this game, but as just as a whole, is that they showed how conservative they're wanting to be with the ball. And that really can't happen if you're in a close game against a top-tier team like Kansas State. Uh, last week, they had five different fourth-down opportunities that they didn't even try for. There was a fourth-and-one from their own 45, a fourth-and-one from the opponent's 44, a fourth-and-two from their own 40, uh, a fourth and two from their own 41, and then a fourth and three from the 50-yard line. And Mizzou is one of only four teams in the entire Division One college football to have not even tried a fourth fourth down conversion yet. It's crazy. I mean, they haven't even attempted. And Middle Tennessee, they scored 14 points uh, and, and had 60% of their yards off of just two of those that could have been converted and stopped them from doing that. You know, So, I mean, just looking at how conservative Missouri has been playing, I, I don't like that whenever you're going against a tough opponent that you know is going to be, be a close game. It's going to be two ground games going against each other here, I think. And, you know, that's that's one thing that's, that's going to be tough. Uh, and also, I think Mizzou's defense, they might have enough to be able to slow down the Wildcats' offense, but... I don't think they're going to be able to slow them down enough for their offense to get ahead just because I don't see enough uh, enough uh, power uh, over on that uh, that offensive side for Missouri to really come away with this thing. But, uh, I mean, Jeremy, 
looking at this, like I said, that three and a half, I feel like that's an easy cover for my, my bro throw pick is K state to cover that minus three and a half. I'm going to bump that up to minus four and a half oh, yeah. and place that for myself. Oh yeah. Easily. But like K state, they definitely got some work to do. Obviously, like you said, coming from the big 12 championship into the season, like I know one thing that particularly sticks out to me is that they got to do a better job than with the last year fit in the run. I know obviously they were put in a lot of bad situations last year, then little itty-bitty runs that should be stopped led for a big gain, and then little itty-bitty things like that. It Those are momentum breakers and game breakers for teams like that. Like Even looking at the overall aspect of the game, I know there was a lot of injured players looking on both sides of the ball. I know Christian Duffy, he practiced, but I don't think he, he didn't get cleared to play. Then even same with Chad Bailey, he didn't get cleared either. I know that's going to be hard for him for getting offensive, I know. Um, like, ramping up even to a K-State's debut, like, toss, talking about for 25 yards for for the debut against Troy, that's nothing really to look at against, like you mentioned, for a team like Troy. But looking at it, there's, there needs to be a lot of changes. I know they made some changes up front, obviously due to injury. Then even Marcellus Johnson expected to start from Missouri in the last attempt to improve the offensive line. But, I mean, I hope little itty-bitty things like that, just one individual person can make or break an offense. And we've you've obviously seen it. Blake, you've seen it. It can definitely change the complete aspect of the entire game, whether it's an edge block or even an offensive tackle, just setting the edge and just getting everything out right. But looking at it, I think K-State is definitely going to improve, but I like I said earlier, they got to improve to help them with the run game is my big thing. And even looking deeper in the backfield, you just got to stay contained and just stick with your entire game plan throughout this entire game. Yeah, and I think I think the one thing that they have in the passing game is I think they've got, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the, the linebacker, but he's a really good edge rusher. Uh, and, and like you said, the, the, the injuries up front for Mizzou, mm-hmm. that could really help them in the pass game against a weak secondary. Yeah. But you're right, being able to plug up that, that front uh, against a, a Missouri team that I think is going to try to get that ground game running against this K-State uh, team. And they, they do have a – I'm drawing a blank on the receiver's name too. I thought I had his name down in my notes, but I don't for Missouri. Um, but, you know, they've, they've got a, a really good wide, wide out that could – uh, Will Howard? He's the quarterback for um, K-State. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but Blake, what, what do you have on this? What was that? Ain't it Luther Burden? Yes, Luther yeah. Burden. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I mean, he's he's. I'm pretty sure he's a five-star going over to, over to Missouri. Uh, and he's he showed up so far. And I, I like I like what he brings to the table. And I think against this this secondary, who I think they lost, if, if I remember right, I think K-State lost two secondary players uh, this past season. So, you know, trying to tr- trying to rebuild that that secondary. Like I said, I think that pass rush is what they're going to have to lean on. Hopefully, they can get back there and, and disturb the, the quarterback a little more uh, today. But Blake, what do you got here in this Missouri K State game? I honestly think it comes down to uh, Missouri's quarterback play. Can the Cook kid uh, make enough plays through the air uh, to move this offense the length of the field? Can Missouri drive the length of the field? Uh, I don't think they can today. I think K-State wins this football game. I think K-State has the defense on the road, 11 a.m. kick. Um, I think Kansas State's offense is better than Missouri's. Um, one thing about K-State, you can't you can't just give up big plays to Missouri. You, you keep everything underneath. I think you're good. I like the under in this game. I don't think Missouri's going to score a lot of points. 
Uh, and I think Missouri's defense is going to keep this thing kind of close, maybe until the end. But I like Kansas State by 10 today. I, I'd say, man, I'd say like 23 to 23 to 13 or something like that. I, th- I think it's going to be super low scoring. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you because, like I said, I think K-State still leans on that run game a lot. Yeah, uh, and yeah. th- that's the thing. I, I think everyone's kind of counting K-State out because they lost Deuce Vaughn. And I, I've even heard the Adrian Martinez argument, but let's remember yeah. they won that Big 12 championship without him. Yeah. Uh, and, and they put up a really good fight against an Alabama team without him. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I know Deuce Vaughn was a big part of it again, but like I said, the the returning offensive line, all this, all these other factors that really seem to add up. I just I can't look at K State and think that they don't cover this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I totally agree with you. I guess team bet. It sounds like we're all pretty much in agreement. Either uh, I mean, either K State money line or cover. I'm I'm cool with covering. I'm saying the cover. Do, do we want to bump that cover up to four and a half? Yeah. Do it. All right, so, let's yeah. bump it up to four and a half. I'm gonna stay stay uh, K State cover. Uh, cover four and a half. So again, for those who are who are joining with us, go over to brothrow.com slash rising two. That's B-R-O-T-H-R-O-W dot com slash R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O. You can join in and go and look at the rising to the occasion bets. You can go into that little private group that you'll automatically be added to whenever you sign up. And you can place that bet against us. They're all $5 bets. So we're going to place a couple of $5 bets on each of these games uh, for you guys to take. That way we can kind of put our money where our mouth is because that's where we stand here on this show. Um, so go in there. If you don't if you don't like K-State to cover, please, by all means, you know, put, put, your, put your money against us. Let's, let's see what we got. But, guys, let's go ahead and jump down. We've got South Carolina at Georgia. I I really wanted to talk about this mainly because we haven't talked about Georgia yet. We finally got a little taste of Carson Beck. Yeah, they've had some weak opponents, but looking at, at this this matchup, the thing that, that's interesting about it is we look over at South Carolina, and I think Spencer Rattler proved that he is still a good quarterback, and, and he deserves to be a, a, a top quarterback in the college football. But his offensive line apparently doesn't think so. <laughs> Nine sacks in week one. Uh, he had a better performance and a better, you know, better blocking, I guess, last week. But I, I, for, first of all, I think week one, I didn't. We mentioned this in our, our our recap of this too. I don't think he made any bad decisions in week one. There was a lot of times where he was under a lot of stress, a lot a lot of pressure coming in on him, and he threw the ball away or throwing it right at a receiver's feet where he knows nobody can catch it. A lot of really good place balls, a lot of dropped passes, and just overall, he played outstanding putting up over 300 yards. I think it was somewhere around 340-some yards, but his offensive line would not block for him, getting sacked nine times uh, against North Carolina. And so, you know, he's he's been doing really great. He's He's been putting putting up nearly 350 yards a game. He's had three touchdowns last week in last week's game against Furman. I know it's not too much, but, you know, it, it's, it, it sucks to see him balling out the way that he is and – his offensive line doesn't want to help him out. His offense as a whole doesn't want to help him out. So this Gamecocks defense, they've been atrocious so far. Uh, while the Bulldogs on the other side, they're putting up over 40 points a game, and their defense is, is looking like we expect them to look. Uh, I think they've only let up 10 points so far in the first two games combined. So uh, looking at looking over at Georgia, you know, they're led by Carson Beck. This passing offense looks to have its biggest test yet against a South Carolina defense, even though that's not saying much. 
it's still going to have a little bit of a test. You're finally going against an SEC opponent, so we're going to have to see what they're able to do uh, against South Carolina here. But, you know, looking at Carson Beck, he hasn't looked as good as some may have hoped. Uh, Maybe not as good as what we may have expected out of him. But so far this season, he's thrown for 577 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw an interception. And so looking at his stats so far, it seems like he's starting to get his rhythm. Uh, He's got to find a couple of guys that he can really connect with. It doesn't really seem like he's had that guy yet step up for him at, at the wideout position, even though he has Brock Bowers, who is a safe bet to go to. Uh, and, and I think that's one thing that as the season goes on, we're going to see him kind of play in into that scheme a little bit more. But neither, neither team has really looked good on the ground, and that's something that I think they'd both like to improve and show up in this game having a better ground game. Uh, and and Carson Beck, like I said, he, he hasn't had that connection so far, but I think we're going to finally find out who that connection is going to be in this game because you're going against an SEC opponent and you're 27-point uh, favorites right now if you're Georgia. this It's heavily favored for you to win this game, and a huge part of that is just that South Carolina's defense uh, and their offensive line, I think, is, is what you look at there, and, and you just... You, you can't win the game if you're South Carolina. If your defense doesn't step up and make some sort of play, you've got to cause a turnover or two uh, to really turn things around. And it's it's just tough looking at this this team and thinking that they can match up against the number one team in the nation, deservably so. And I don't know, just looking at, at, this, at this Georgia team, I don't see how they don't come out and win this one big. I'm not sure if they win by, by 28 points, though. So, you know, I think I think they're going to come out here and win this game. Uh, and I think it's going to be an easy game for them to win overall when we when we look back at, at at how this game plays out. But can South Carolina block for Spencer Rattler? I think this is a big a big uh, a big uh, test for them because they're going to be going against the toughest defensive line they faced yet. North Carolina was nothing in comparison to Georgia when it comes to that defensive line and what they put together. So are they able to block well enough for Spencer Rattler to do his thing? Because. Let's be honest. I think I think Carson Beck is is still new enough to the game, where I think I think South Carolina's defense can maybe slow him down, and I think they can they can offer their offense enough to to be able to to keep this close. It's just I don't think the offense is going to be able to do that against this Georgia defense. So personally, I'm 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 staying away from any kind of covers on this game just because I think that that spread is so big uh, that I'm I'm going to stay away away from it because I could see South Carolina surprising people and keeping it closer, and I could also see Georgia just to kind of taking it easy, knowing that they're obviously going to win this game if they just play fundamental football. So. I'm going to stay away from the spread on that. That uh, and obviously, I think the money line is way too favored for Georgia for us to be placing that. I'm going to take a safe bet. I think this is going to be a higher scoring game, and I think it's going to go over that 54 and a half that I've I, that was the uh, total that I last saw, and that's that's what I like to lean on. But Blake, how are you feeling about that South Carolina offensive line blocking for for Spencer Rattler? It might be the worst in the country. <laughs> might be. Yeah, uh, it, it, is. it probably is. I mean, what what offensive line do you put up there <laughs> above them for the worst? Man, I, I it it is the worst I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, and and you know, when when they played North Carolina, I said I wanted to see Spencer Rattler progress as a quarterback, and I I think he's done that, man. I think he is playing Agreed. lights. 
Uh, and, and it started last year. Right. And I'm, I'm proud of the kid for everything that he's had to battle and, you know, the stuff at Oklahoma and then coming over to South Carolina. Uh, I'm proud of Spence, man. I, I think, uh, watching him smile and, and, uh, and have fun playing the quarterback position. Uh, that's all you really wanted to see from him. Uh, and, and hopefully he continues to have success this year. Now looking at this game, fellas, there's just no way that South Carolina can block what Georgia's about to hit hit them with, right? Uh, I don't know how South Carolina is going to run the ball. I don't know how Spencer uh, Spencer Rattler is going to stay off his tail. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure how South Carolina can move the football on this Georgia defense. I, I consistently move methodical drives down the field. I just don't know how they do it, especially at Georgia on the road. CBS 230 kick. That crowd's going to be into it. They're going to be hyped up. Uh, it'll be close early. They might hang around for a minute or two, but uh, this – this Georgia offense with Carson Beck, they're going to want to run the football early, get Carson really comfortable, get him some short throws, uh, get working in the screen game. Uh, and, and once he gets comfortable, I think Georgia opens opens this thing up. As far as the spread, man, I got South Carolina at plus 28. I took it just because I think South Carolina could have a little backdoor cover or something like that, you know, like it. They they be down like or something. My bad. And knocked over my coffee. Sound. You're you're good, man. Uh, I saved it. But you know, I I think they could be getting blown out and and score late just to cover that spread. So uh, I put them in a little parlay that I took uh, for South Carolina to cover. But I think Georgia dominates this football game. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I popped up the the uh, comment from DJ there too. He says that Spencer Rattler is butthole, but he can ball somehow. He'll help them to cover the spread versus Georgia. Yeah, and I, and I totally agree because he's so good. And, and that, that's what sucks right now is that man. Like, imagine if his offense around him would help him out just a little bit more. Like how good he would yeah. look right now because that North Carolina game. If everyone played the way that Spencer Rattler came out there. I, that's that's a totally different game, and I don't think the defense did bad against North Carolina. I think they did pretty well when when you compare that North Carolina offense and what they're capable of. Uh, so, I mean, Jeremy, look, looking at this, uh, I mean, Georgia's a big time favorite in this game, uh, you know. But do you think that they deserve to be twenty seven point favorites in this game? We're gonna find out here in a moment, but I I think they are. Obviously, Georgia. Everyone's been talking about Georgia and why do a three peat, but the way I look at today's game, I think a little Giants and the quarterback running around saying, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. <laughs> um, blow the whistle, Raph, blow the whistle. Please, for the love of God, blow the whistle. Um, Spencer Rowler is definitely going to get his, his work cut out today, that's to say the least. But I know we can talk all the all the bad things about South Carolina, but the one thing I want to point out, there's one person you want to watch for Spencer Rowler is Xavier Leggett. I mean, he yep. averages 19.7 yards per catch. I mean, that could be Spencer Rowler's saving grace for South Carolina. But, I mean, obviously looking over at Georgia, they're, what can you really not say about Georgia? Obviously their offense, their defense, their quarterback. Obviously Carson Beck, I know. 
for his two, first two college starts, completing 44 for 61, like you said, and having 577 yards and three tutties. I mean, looking at this Georgia team right now, take it for granted, I know it's only going into week three, but they're definitely showing why that they're definitely the number one seat, number one pillar right now. But this game could easily be a complete difference. I don't really necessarily think it's going to be, but Georgia is definitely going to come out balling and all their dogs just going to keep barking and not let a single thing go. But obviously the one thing that also concerns me, if you're going to be getting big scores, it's going to get chippy. You got to be smart. Don't take stupid penalties and put yourself in a hole and then Go to that sideline and get your ear ringed by the coach is all I'm going to say. Georgia's definitely going to be rolling today. Yeah, and, and personally, too, I, I'm looking at this this South Carolina offense. If I'm Shane Beamer, I'm trying to I'm trying to change something up with this offense because we know that the offensive line isn't going to block, so use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. If you start off this game and you're trying maybe some quick passes out of the backfield, get something them like get them trying to, trying to let up, but then once they adjust to that, because you know Georgia's going to be really good at adjusting. Once they adjust mm-hmm. to that, I mean, I, I didn't see them try the screen passes against North Carolina. Yeah. When when they're coming in and, and your quarterback doesn't have any time, that's when you let them blitz. You let them come in and pressure your quarterback because he's going to flip it out to the to the flat real quick. And you've got everybody up there. And I think Georgia's good enough where they're going to catch on to that if you do it too much. But if you if you change it up, uh, you know, throw throw some some running back screens, throw some wide receiver screens, throw some bubble screens some quick passes you know you get get your get your uh, tight ends in on a, on a drag route i know you're, you're you lost austin stogner uh you know but you you still got to be able to use that tight end uh to your advantage find him over the middle get some guys on a quick slants you, you've got to find a way to get the ball out of spencer rattler's hands really quick because we saw how quick the, the defense was up in his face week one uh, and so, yeah, I, I think I think if you're South Carolina, if you're going to keep yourself in this game, you, you've got to change something up on offense. And I, I don't think the run game has been scary enough uh, to say that that's really going to do too much of a help against this Georgia front front uh, defensive line. So, I mean, just looking at this overall, I, I, I do agree. I think I think South Carolina can cover, uh, I guess. Jeremy's kind of on the other side where he thinks Georgia's going to cover. Uh, they're going to be able to pull out the, 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 the big win. I think we can all agree. Uh, Georgia, Georgia wins. I, th- I think that's too much of a of a favorite for them, though. Uh, where where are you guys sitting on the on the total? Uh, I think it goes over. I think over. I think South that's Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I think South Carolina can score some points. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not sure if they can score enough. If they can move the football enough to keep up with Georgia. I, I'm thinking, you know, 28. 28-36, something like that. I, I feel that's that's kind of where I'm feeling. Maybe 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 a higher scoring for for Georgia, just because the yeah. South Carolina defense is so bad. So you, you know, yeah. was? Uh, fifty-four right now, I believe fifty-four and a half. Over. Over. All right. So you, we get we all good with with hitting that over then. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Sweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna place that in for us then on that. So now I got a little giants in my head. Blow the whistle. Uh, that's that's what I would that's what I would yell every time I saw Johnny Manziel running around in the backfield. Oh, Blow the whistle, right? Blow the whistle. Blow it. But then somehow he would come out with something stupid and, and make it work, you know. And I hated that dude so much. But uh, we're gonna jump over to Tennessee, Florida. But before we do that matchup, 
We're going to bring up our other sponsor, the one that actually saved all of my coffee from being spilled everywhere, and that is Big Frig. Bigfrig.com. Go to B-I-G-F-R-I-G.com and go check out these amazing products. This is just their smaller tumbler. I love this one. I, I thought it looked too small, but it holds a lot more than what it looks like. Uh, and so this is one of my favorites. The big one is is just as good. Uh, it holds even more. I just don't need that much right now. So I just got the small one out today. And uh, it's it's an amazing tumbler. Uh, it, it compares with all of your top brands, like maybe your Yeti or anything like that. And it's at a fraction of the cost. You go over there and you check out not just their tumblers, but they've also got coolers. Uh, I'm going to be using mine a lot this this year. Uh, I have been using it already since I since we got it. Huge shout out to Brock for sending those over to us. And you know they're an amazing product. One thing that I always mention is the latches on them are amazing. I love the the features to them, like a little basket to kind of keep some of your. I, I use it to keep my meats whenever you, you put some sort of meat from the deli or anything like that in there. Or maybe you got some sandwiches or something like that. You don't want them getting soggy or something down down in the ice down at the bottom of the cooler. You got a basket to keep it up out they've got a little divider that also pulls out and use you can use it as a cutting board amazing features to it and then one thing that that jeremy brought up is very good point on it is the the uh, corkscrew uh what's that called uh what would that be called the the, the kind of the the release the, on it you know the drain, drain yeah plug. the drain uh and so that that plug it's much more durable it's not going to leak all over the place because it's an actual screw it's a heavy duty screw in it uh, and so you actually have to crank down on it and screw, unscrew it and so it doesn't spill all over the place inside of your truck or wherever you got it. Uh, and it's even worse if you spill it all over on the inside of, of a vehicle or something like that. So go check them out. Uh, not only not only are, are they an, an amazing uh, product, but they look cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you got to go check them out. Big Frig, that is the place to go. And we've worked out a deal with Big Frig where because you're listening to this podcast and because we love our listeners, we were able to work out a deal where you can get 20% off. Like I said, they're already a fraction of the cost that you get for the, some of these bigger name products. And we're going to give you even more of a fraction off. That's 20% off if you co- use code RISING220. So just like most of our other uh, promo codes, RISING2, R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O-2-0 at the end of it. So RISING220 for 20% off at bigfrig.com. That's B-I-G-F-R-I-G.com. Go check them out. Uh, like I said, amazing products. We've been using it a lot. We're going to keep on using them because we love the Big Frig products. Uh, so go check them out over there at bigfrig.com. Jeremy, are yes, they sir. are they gonna are they gonna be disappointed? Probably, I sincerely believe that. They you are. think they're gonna be disappointed on the Big Frig products? No, Big Frig <laughs> products. I thought you were talking about what we're getting into, but you would definitely <laughs> oh, okay, I, I see. I see I what you were saying. What you were you were alluding to. to. So as yeah. we as we promised for week one, we didn't get to it, and I blew it. Uh, we could have even got Jeremy singing it in front of a live crowd, uh, out in front mm. of us and everything, but we're gonna be covering mm. Tennessee at Florida, and we're going to be hearing something a lot today. Jeremy, what are we going to be hearing? Oh, <clears throat> I'm used to having pyro and everything going off behind me, but good old Rocky Top, Rocky Top Tennessee. Let's go, boys. We got some talking to do. Oh, that's all I'm going to get to, everybody. No. <laughs> oh, man. Good old Rocky Top. Like it up, Tennessee. See, I can't, I can't Hi, give, I can't, <laughs> I can't give them crap for playing that so much because personally, I'm an Oklahoma fan and we play our fight song 
just as much, if not more. It, it, it's, it, there's there's times where it's like we got stopped on third down, we got to punt it. Da, 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 da. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> but, but you know, I, I every time that they play it, I'm gonna be sitting there clapping along. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm having a good old time with it. So you know, hats off to you. Keep on playing that Rocky Top. And guess what? Play it even louder today because you're going to be in the swamp going against the Florida Gators. And yes, like I said, I don't think the Florida Gators are good. But I, I do. this is one of those games where I think Vegas knows what they're talking about because, uh, what is that? I think there's six and a half, five and a half point spread right now. Uh, so, I mean, just looking at, at that spread, I think Vegas knows what they're talking about because it, it, we, we, we look at, this game overall and the, the rivalry that that happens here. Florida had a five game win streak in this matchup until last season, mm-hmm. and they lost thirty eight to thirty three in Knoxville. And let's remember what Tennessee did last season. Tennessee made a lot of noise. Tennessee looked like they could be the number one, and they took the number one spot for their just for just for a moment. But looking at Tennessee and and seeing what they did last year and how close this game came. When it, it when it I, I it was just it was a shock to see that, and so I, I have a hard time looking at this matchup again this year and saying that Tennessee is going to go down there and blow them out. Uh, they're going to win by forty points, even though I think this Florida team is worse than they were last year, uh, and I think this Tennessee team I think they took a step down just a little bit because they lost a lot of offensive uh, power. I think their defense got better this year. Uh, and we haven't seen them put to the test yet, but I think their defense is a little better. That's not saying a whole lot, but I do think they're a little better. Uh, looking over at Jalen Wright, uh, he, he's had over 110 rushing yards uh, in, in the Vols' first two games. Uh, so, I mean, looking at him, I think that's that's a, a good thing to lean on. Jalen Milton, or sorry, uh, Joe Milton, uh, you looking over at him, he's played really well uh, so far. Not the best in completion percentage. He can maybe work on his efficiency, but he's still playing pretty well. Uh, he's had uh, he's had 429 yards and four touchdowns. He's still perfect and hasn't thrown an interception yet. So that's one thing you can give him. Uh, and, and looking at this Tennessee offense, we know that they're going to be high powered. We're, we know that they're going to try to try to be fast, and they're going to jump up to the line, hurry up, and get down to the end zone fast, and run away with this thing early. It's just what we see with this Tennessee offense at times. What we saw last year was they get off to that fast start. And they slow down because they're starting to get get themselves worn out from how fast they're running, and that's when they give the the other team time to, to kind of catch up. You look over at at the top guys for Joe Milton. If he's got Squirrel White and and Dante Thornton uh, to get open and make some easy decisions for him, and we can expect them to make a lot of noise. But let's look over at Florida. When we looked at Florida last year, they were a run-only team. I mean, you just didn't have a passing game; it was non-existent, mm-hmm. and that's why I think Florida. It's it's tough because I, maybe they haven't taken a step down, um, but they've definitely taken a se- step sideways and stepped into a new role because they're not going to be as run heavy. They weren't really too great on the ground against Utah, and, and that's that's one thing that you, you see in Week One. I know it's Week One, but it's Week One for both teams. And Utah was without their starting quarterback, their star quarterback, and Cam Rising. So Grant Mertz, he steps in for Anthony Richardson. I think he adds more of a passing attack, and I think he helps the Florida team with that. Uh, he, he does have 526 yards, two touchdowns. He's thrown in an interception. Uh, but 
looking at him, he's throwing 77% completion percentage right now. And I think that's that's really good for him. And I think the Gators, they're, they're going to have to strive more on their defensive side against this high-powered offense. And I think they have a good edge rush with uh, their their linebacker. Uh, what's his name? It's uh, Shamer James. And so, so looking over at him, I think they've got a good edge rusher in him and seeing what they're going to be able to bring to the table and trying to, trying to speed Joe Milton up and maybe cause him to, to throw a few picks or something like that. Maybe make him, make him throw it fast, make him throw it in, into, into coverage and make bad decisions. That's the best thing that this Florida team has for them right now. I want to believe that they're good enough to stop this, this Tennessee defense and that they're good enough to slow them down. But again, they weren't able to slow down Utah's offense in week one without their star quarterback with Cam Rising in there. Uh, and so overall, looking at this, I think Tennessee's got the edge. I think Tennessee walks away with the win. Uh, and so right now, let, let me see real quick, just because I don't know what that money line's sitting at for Tennessee. So I don't know if I if I should take that. Uh, it looks, I think last I saw they were minus 210. So I feel like I can take that money line. Uh, I don't know if I can take a spread on this yet. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take... Yeah, it looks like they're still at minus 210 right now on bro throw. So the best the best odds that I saw last night when I was looking at this was on DraftKings at minus 205 for Tennessee money line. Okay. So I, I think that's that's a pretty good money line to go with. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Tennessee money line at minus 210. That's gonna be my bro throw pick just because I want to stay away from this spread because it is a rivalry game. I, and man, I I don't know, uh, Blake. This is a, this is a matchup that because it's in the swamp. Because it's a night game, and because this Florida team really needs a turnover, you look at what Billy Napier has down there. He's got to win this game. I think this is a must must win game right now because he's on the hot seat. We know he's on the hot seat, and he's he's got to get things things rolling. He's got to have a good good game. But Blake, do you think Billy Napier is able to pull off the upset here against the Tennessee Volunteers in Week Three? Uh, first thing I want to say, man, Shamar James uh, from Mobile, Alabama. Oh, much yeah. love, two five one kid. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, shout out to him. Always want to see a local kid do great. Uh, but as far as far as Florida pulling off the upset, I don't think they win the football game, but I think it's close. All right, I think this is a closer game than what people think. Man, people think Tennessee is just going to walk into the swamp uh, and and just run all over Florida. Uh, Florida's run defense played really well against Utah. All right, they didn't get gashed like we thought they were. Florida's gonna Florida's gonna stop the run, all right, or they're gonna at least slow it down a little bit because that is uh, Tennessee's heartbeat right now. Is they love to run the football. All right, I think Tennessee's got to get Joe Milton going early. He's got to start faster. He's been coming on late in games. That Virginia game, he kind of, st- <clears throat> excuse me, he kind of started slow. Uh, last week against Austin P, he started really slow. They got to get him comfortable early, get him going, uh, and and get him in rhythm. Uh, because if you start slow against Florida down in the swamp, things might not go, get going like it did against Austin P. Okay, uh, and as far as this Florida offense, man. I don't think uh, Mertz was the problem against Utah. It was their lack. It was their lack of being able to run the football at Utah. Definitely. All right, you got, I agree. You got two, two workhorses back there. You got two dogs back there, man. Get them the football, okay? I think between the two of them, they had like 10 touches. That's unacceptable. That is unacceptable. Get your workhorses the football, man. 
And I think that's what they got to do tonight if they want to have an opportunity to win this football game. I think it's close, Josh. I think it's close. I really do. I think Florida hangs around, and I think Tennessee wins it late. I think this is going to be a, a fun one to watch. We might see Joe Milton – uh, you know, make a couple plays at the end with the big arm. But I think Florida keeps this thing close, and I think they lose a nail-biter, man. I, I'm going to say I'm gonna say something like Tennessee 28-24 uh, to, to 24 or 28-21 to, to or something like that, man. I think Florida keeps it close. Okay, so you're, you're thinking maybe just under that spread or under that total, um, but you think they you think they cover the spread? Tennessee wins. Yeah, that that spread is a no go for me. Yeah, that, that's yeah. I, I'm not touching that thing. That's that's uh, where I'm at because I think because because it's Florida and because it's at Florida, I want to pick the spread, and and everything leads me to think I should take Florida to cover that spread. But just because it's a rivalry game, man, like it's it's weird because like that's that's the only reason why I want to take it. But but everything everything that you look at realistically, Tennessee covers the spread easy. Tennessee mm-hmm. wins this game by double digits. But I mean, Jeremy, that's not always the case in these rivalry games. We see it year after year with with a a good team going against their rival who's on on a bad year. And they still go in and lose the game. Yeah. Do you think good old Rocky Top comes out ahead and they win the game? Or do you think the Gators come up with an upset here? I didn't sing Rocket Top for no reason. For All right. Now, I like it. I Tennessee, like the pick. I, I, I agree with everybody. I think it's going to be a, a better game than a lot of people think for being close. <laughs> I think Tennessee is going to take the, go out strong, get the lead from the get-go. Then Florida's definitely going to be coming back. I know when I looked last, Tennessee was favored by, like, it was close, like 53-48 to 48 last time I looked on a poll. But looking at it, I I think this can easily be a three-point game, in my opinion. But my big thing is Florida needs to control the um, – they need to control the tempo is the big thing. Just because I know, obviously, like you mentioned, having for a quick up-tempo for everybody, that's going to be their big key thing, getting everyone back and getting everyone ready and set. I know they're going to be running fast, resetting quick, getting that go offense going. But looking at it, Tennessee – if Pay- – if Tennessee loses Peyton Manning and the entire Tennessee squad is going to be really disappointed. But I think Tennessee is going to going to do the job. They're going to get get the done. I think it's going to be a 7-point game, maybe even like a 3-point game, one of the two eventually, but I want I want everyone down cuz you said it's in Florida, correct? Yep. I down want in the swamp. I want people that are going down to the swamp. I want to make sure you guys hear them chant Rocky Top all the way back to Tennessee, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I like it, and uh, I I heard someone saying something about they're gonna go go to this game, uh, and then their their punishment to their kids because their kids are are Florida fans or something like that, and they were saying something about they were gonna they were gonna make them the pun their punishment if and this little bet was that if they whenever they drive home they're gonna make them listen oh, to Rocky Top all the about. way home or something like that. It was, that was, it was something. Crane, oh yeah, maybe maybe that was against Virginia, uh Virginia Tech week one. I think that's what it was. I think somebody called in on, on Crane yeah. Company saying that. But same thing goes for this week. Yeah. Uh you know, Rocky Top all the way back home. But I I think we're all pretty much in agreement that spread's kind of a no go. Uh I'm I'm kind of the same way on the on the total, just because I could see this being a game where Florida Florida has to get their running game going. Have to. Uh, we we expected uh, it's Trevor right Trevor Etienne. 
uh, I get him and his brother. It's not Travis. Yeah, it's Trevor. Trevor yeah, ETN. Yeah. So yeah. It, you know, we expected that ETN kid to have a have a, a year. Uh, you've you've got to get him the ball. You've got to give him the ball more, uh, and and let him work. Uh, so I think because of that, I think they start to utilize him a lot more than they did in the first two weeks. And I think, I, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. But I think we can probably all. We're we just going to go Tennessee money line then. Yeah. Yeah, we can. All righty. Like so, that. so for those who don't agree with this, if you're thinking Florida's going to pull off the upset. Uh, you can go over to Bro Throw right after the game. I'm going get, to get all these uh, set, and we're going to go Tennessee money line. That's sitting at minus 210. So we're going to go money line for you guys so you can go on there to Bro Throw and place that little wager against us. Again, all of our wagers are going to be $5 wagers on these games. We're going to put two of them out per game, so that way everybody's got, got a little bit of an opportunity to go and grab it. Uh, so you can go to that private group by signing up with brothrow.com slash rising2. Uh, you can go and, and sign into that and, and uh, join our group, and then what you'll do is you'll be able to go on there. As long as that, that bet is there, you can take it. Uh, as soon as it's taken, it's going to be off the boards, so you guys won't be able to. We're, we're taking Tennessee money line. We're thinking Rocky Top all the way home but let's get on to matchup number five we didn't go completely in order because personally i think this is a little bit more of a fun game to talk about i I, we could have probably put tennessee as our our headlining uh matchup i think that's that's probably the the closer game when we talk about the two but we've already talked about washington this year and i wanted to talk about them again just because we see what they they have done so far this season uh, they're, they're turning heads again. I think they're going to be a tough team again this year. And I think they're one of those dark horses for the college football playoff. And and I think they're proving that more and more as time goes on and as we see them perform. Uh, you know, looking at Michigan State, they're, they're going to be going to Michigan State. So that I don't think it's going to be an easy game that they can just overlook and pretend like they're not there. But Michigan State's coming off some shocking news uh, with their their head coach, Mel Tucker. Uh, They're playing their first game without him. Uh, We talked about that situation. Hopefully everything goes well there and everything's figured out. And whether whether it's fire him or keep him on, I hope that it is is definitive proof that whatever they decide is correct. Um, Because either way, we either we we just want justice to be served there. But we're not going to talk too much about Mel Tucker in his case. We already talked a little bit about that, and we will keep keep up with that story as it goes on but with them losing their head coach this is going to be tough because i think it was the uh defensive backs coach that's going to be coming in and stepping as the and as the uh, interim head coach yep. which means that this defense isn't going to have as much attention to them that's kind of what my concern is and more more importantly the the, the secondary yes isn't going to have as much coaching and direct coaching from their their main coach in that department i think that was uh, man that's 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 a tough move to make maybe this was just the guy that was most fit to take over that head coaching job on the team on on the uh the, the staff i guess but that's not the guy i'm taking out for this week i'm saying hey you're most fit but i need you to stay everything on that secondary and you get them in top shape because you're going against michael Penix jr who is a guy who uh, man I think he deserved to be in the top five and go on to go into New York last year, because his the stats that he put up last year were absolutely just they, they were bonkers. Because last year he put up he was second in passing yards total with four thousand six hundred forty one yards, uh, and he's on pace to beat that this year. 
Uh, looking at Michael Penix Jr., who's fourth in offensive yards, total offensive yards so far this season. Uh, and he, he's also got a Dunze who has, who's had, you know, two 100 plus yard games so far. And one of the de- best defensive units in the Pac 12. So, I mean, I know that's not saying much because it's the Pac 12 where they like to run offense, but I think they're right up there, maybe just below Utah when it comes to defense. And I think they're right there neck and neck with, with Oregon when it comes to the, to a defense that can really stand up and do something. So looking at Washington, I think they have the full package right now And the Spartans defense. They're full of new starters all over the place. And like I said, that secondary is going to be put to work because they're going to have to be going against Michael Penix Jr. in this passing uh, offense. And I, I know we, we bring up Odunze, but they've got a lot of guys that they can go to. Uh, and then on that on that defense, I think we've got guys that, that you know, again, they can, they can stand up and stop this, this Spartans offense who really isn't that explosive. Uh, they've been doing better this year. I think they look much better than they did a year ago. But they also haven't played uh, too much in their opponents. You know, they they had Richmond and, and Central Michigan, so they, they came off two easy opponents. They haven't been tested yet, and this could be an eye-opening performance, one way or another. Maybe we maybe we're shocked, and maybe Michigan State's better than we expected them to be, and they come out and they keep this game close, or possibly they pull off the upset. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think I think this is going to be eye-opening to just how bad this Michigan State team is again this year, uh, and. I think it's uh, maybe not necessarily as bad as they are, but I think it's going to show how good this Washington team is. I think it's going to show a lot of people that this Washington team deserves to be talked about on the national level right now because they are a good squad. And Michael Penix Jr. is no no dude to mess around with. He came over from Indiana, uh, and guess what? He's not in Bloomington anymore because he's got a squad around him. He's got a defense to back him up. I like Washington big in this game. I think they cover the 15 and a half that I saw. They were recently put up to 16 and a half. I, I, I think I'd be willing to go with that 16 and a half as well. Uh, and so look, looking at looking at Washington right now, I think they're going to be too fast of an offense for Michigan State to keep up with. Michigan State's going to probably utilize that ground game a lot as they're as they're known for. And I don't think they're going to be able to, to stand up against this Washington team. I think we're going to see a very similar score as what we saw uh, what was that week two against Boise? Uh, so I, you know, looking looking at, at this Washington squad, I think they come away with this. My bro throw pick is Washington to cover that spread uh, at fifteen and a half, and I'll even bump that up to sixteen and a half if I have to. Uh, Blake, I, I know you're you're pretty much in agreement with me. You called this one out the other day uh, when we talked about this, uh, and I, I looking at looking at this Washington team, and I think I think they're a force to be reckoned with. I agree. I agree 100%, Josh. Uh, I just don't think this is a good matchup for Michigan State, man. The problems that they've had in their secondary, no head coach program seems like it's a disaster right now. Yeah, you're at home, but I don't think that really matters because Michael (laughs) Penix Jr. and this offense is for real. Washington playing pretty damn good defense. Man, I like Washington to walk the dog, okay? All right. Um, I think the Huskies roll big time. I think Michael Penix Jr. has a day. Hammer the spread. Hammer the over if you want. I think Washington might put up 40 to 50 on Michigan State. I really do. I, I think they're going to throw it all over the yard. I think they're going to beat the piss out of Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and uh, what does that say there on that over that I've got on the screen? I think that was the most recent one. Is that 56 points? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I probably agree with you, man. I think, I think Washington can score that by themselves today. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I think it's going to be a, a, a really big game for them. Uh, just, just looking overall at, at what Washington brings to the table. I, Jeremy, I don't, I don't think Washington is good enough. And sorry, I just now had to fix that for you. So your you're screen's, your, your screen's showing it. But <laughs> I, I just don't think, I don't think uh, Michigan State's good enough to keep up with this Washington team. I think Washington is just too high powered on offense, and I think they're just good enough on defense to where they're going to give Michigan State's offense, who is not good, too many fits. Uh, and I, I think they hold Washington. I think they hold Michigan State to under 20 points. Oh, I can easily see that without a doubt. The me the thing, I look at Michigan State, I think they're too one-dimensional. Like, literally, Mich- I mean, Washington can literally ball out. Like, look at some of their wilds, like um, Odunzi, like you said, McMillian, and Jalen Polk. Yeah, McMillan was the other receiver that I was thinking yeah. of. He's just another dog out there. They, can com- they, they have, got weapons. Yeah, exactly. They combined 38 receptions for 636 yards and six tutties. Those guys are dogs. Like, what more can you really say about Washington? They're literally, right now, with how they're rolling, they're definitely the team to watch for. Like, the, you think, oh, it's the Washington Huskies. Like, we can steamroll them. Yeah, you might as well just shut up and actually watch them play. But... Um, even like looking at um, for Washington, like Jermaine, Jeremy Bernard, I mean, he will return to East Lansing since facing his former school. But looking at it, it's definitely going to be a really fun matchup. But I think Michigan State is definitely going to be really be struggling, obviously, without having their head coach. So then we're not going to get into that. But Washington is definitely going to be putting up. I think 56 points alone by themselves. Yeah, and, and I think the, the biggest key right here for Washington, if I'm Washington, I'm running the ball a lot early, mm-hmm. and I don't care if I don't score on it. I don't care if it's not working. I'm running the ball a lot. I'm drawing them in. I'm drawing them in. I'm drawing them in, and as soon as you see the opportunity, you air that ball out. Uh, and and you, you trick this this team to thinking, ah, they're without their, you know, it, you know they're they're going to be sitting there running the ball a lot. We can we can tease up and everything start to cheat on them, but guys, I I think Washington right now is ranked number eight for a very good reason. I think they're I think they're a really good squad with a lot of really good talent. And I think they've got some really good coaches. Uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, it's Kalen De- DeBoer, right? Is is the head coach's name there? Yep. Uh, and and seeing him coming over, uh, and bringing Michael Penix Jr. with him, man, what a great move by him. Uh, yes. And then on top of that, being able to recruit. Both on the the recruiting trail and on, on in the transfer portal and what he's been able to do there in his first few seasons there at Washington, I think this was the right coaching hire for Washington to to bounce back and keep themselves in, in the talks. And I I think even even when they lose Michael Penix Jr. this this upcoming season, whenever they lose him going into next season, and they go into the Big Ten, I think they're still going to be a good team. I think they rank up there with with Penn State right now. Uh, and and I'm not af- I'm not afraid to kind of throw that out on the line. I think they're going to be that good, and I think they're going to be able to keep this going as long as they keep a, a good front office and a, and a good uh, coaching staff there. I think I think this can be a very good team. Uh, and and again, I think Michael Penix Jr. I, I'd sprinkle some money on him to win the Heisman this year because he's on pace right now to he's to hit hit over over 50 touchdowns uh, this season. 
Uh, and and honestly, if I got if I got to compare him with with Caleb Williams, yeah, he doesn't have the legs and the, the overall attributes of Caleb Williams. But if we uh, if we if we back this up and, and use, utilize the Heisman and, and and award the Heisman the way that we used to, based on merit a little bit more, uh, and 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 what they they are off the field, I think I think it goes over to Michael Penix Jr. pretty easily there. Uh, so just looking at the dude right now, he is behind. Uh, I know there's Caleb Williams. Uh, there's uh, Shadur Sanders, and then there's one other dude. I can't remember who who the third one was for total uh, offensive yards right now, but there was there was three dudes that were ahead of him, and uh, you know just looking at that right now, the way that he he hasn't been playing the full game yet either. Yeah. I think this is the first game they're probably gonna. It, it's against a big Power Five team, so they're wanting to come out here and win this game big. Uh, like I said, I, I like I like Washington to cover. Uh, Jeremy, did you say you like Washington to cover that that sixteen and a half? Yeah. All right, so I mean, are, are we good with making making that our team bet then? Absolutely. I think Definitely. we can get some people to bite on that too. So uh, Washington to cover sixteen and a half. I'm going to mark that down. So again, I'm going to remind everybody: go to brothrow.com/rising2. That is completely free to sign up for. Uh, it's not a sports book, so you can sign up for it in any state. Uh, wherever you're at, and I think even around the world, as long as you have a PayPal or a Venmo or a Cash App, uh, then you can sign up, and you can go on there, and you can place a wager against us. If you don't like our our bets, you can bet against us. Like I said, we're just going to put two $5 bets per game, so you can go in there, bet against us. Once that bet is taken, it's off the table. So make sure to jump in there fast, uh, get on there, and uh, try to try to see if, if uh, you can catch us sleeping on, on one of these teams. But I feel like we kind of took the the uh the the easy picks today uh i i I don't think we took easy picks because i think washington to cover double digits is isn't an easy pick to to take uh i think that that could be one i think looking at at a couple of these other ones too i don't think we took necessarily easy but we took the easy team to win i think uh so who knows you might you might have a a little bit of a chance here uh against us but i'm feeling pretty confident in our picks today i think we're 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 doing good kind of trying to figure out who's who's going to be that top dog but mm-hmm. we want to hear from you guys uh what's what's your thoughts uh and what's going to be your big upset this week uh is it one of the top five lineups that, that we had there or is it going to be someone else but guys that's pretty much all we've got for you we're excited for week three college football I hope everybody has a wonderful game day. But if you're watching so far, make sure that you're hitting that subscribe button. Don't forget to hit subscribe. We did reach over 5,000, so a huge thanks to everybody. We had a little bit of a boost uh, in the last week uh, to get us over that 5,000 mark. So we're looking good there. Uh, but we're not stopping at 5,000. Next yeah. goal is 10,000. We don't really have a a mile mile marker yet for where, where we want to reach that 10,000. But that's up to you guys. Keep on sharing. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. I guess X. Uh, I got to stop calling it Twitter. But go and check us out on there. Uh, we're going to try to keep on being active all over the place over there. So check us out. We thank you guys all so much for, for joining in, for supporting us, for getting us this far. Uh, we've got a lot of great things in the works, and we're so excited. We hope you guys all have a great uh, a great college game day again. Um, but if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to give us a five-star review. That's the best way to help us over there. But guys, have a great college game day. And until next time.